0: Welcome to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast, with April Elliot Kent and me, producer and co-host Jen Brown. Hey friends, Jen here. Today is April 5th, 2021, and here with me is my friend, who may still own some 8-track tapes, <laughs> astrologer April Elliot Kent. Do you still have 8-track tapes, pal? I don't, Jen, no. I still have LPs. Sure, I do too. But I don't
1: have any eight-track tapes. I think one of them is still stuck in the eight-track player in my 1972 Toyota Corolla that I sold (laughs) 40 years ago. (laughs) I know there was one in there that I could never quite get out. And it was either Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, the one with American Girl on it. I can't remember the name of the album. Okay. Or... The Warren Zevon album that had Werewolves of London on, it. Mm-hmm. so it was one of those. Okay, and to this day, it's probably even in a scrapyard. It's sitting there wedged. And how about you? Were you old enough to
0: experience eight tracks? This is where our age difference comes in a little oh. bit, because I do remember eight tracks. My parents had a giant stereo. Actually, they still have this giant stereo that is the size of a small refrigerator <laughs> turned on its side. <laughs> I remember those. (laughs) And in that stereo, there was an 8-track tape player, a record player, and, of course, AM, FM radio. But I do remember my dad singing. He would work in the basement, and he would sing some Johnny Cash, or I think there was some Kenny Rogers that they would play. Sure. But I personally didn't own any 8-tracks. I owned albums.
1: I never heard of 8-track players in the house. It was always in the car.
0: Mm. It was
1: very exciting. I mean, I guess that was pre-cassette tapes and the cassette tapes were an awesome alternative. Yeah. But I was telling you, I can still remember on those albums, if I listen to those songs today on a streaming service or something, I'm still waiting for the moment because eight tracks would click over in the middle of a song. That's funny
0: because I didn't <laughs> remember that until you said that earlier. <laughs> yes. But now I do kind of remember that click. Yeah, it was
1: crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: And of course, the reason you're bringing up is that this week on April 11th, we are celebrating National 8-Track Tape Day. We certainly are. And maybe (laughs) folks would like to listen to some Cat Stevens on that day on their 8-Track Tape because it's also National Pet Day on that day. All right. Or Three Dog Night, perhaps.
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) whatever it is we are gonna be celebrating it richly and i think we have to come up with something really swell for our pets yeah of course our pets are so well treated that every day is national pet day for violet and toby and little jack and bear i could not agree more well you got to see violet this morning before we started recording those feet those toes just she's so cute and it's the only time she really wants to be held and cuddled is when I'm in my office, either sitting at my desk or trying to podcast with you. Those are just her golden moments. So maybe I'll let her do that on National 8-Track Tape Day. She wants to podcast with us. Yeah, she can be our own little podcat for sure. Yes. So those are two wonderful things we wanted to tell you all about and make sure that you got an opportunity to celebrate along with us. Absolutely. Eight tracks. Boy, does that bring back some memories. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sure does.
1: All right. Now let's do something that was not easy to do with eight track tapes, which is to fast forward. So we're fast forwarding to this week and
0: let's talk about what we have going on in the skies. Jen, kick us off. What should we look at first? We should look at Venus in a sextile to Mars on April 6th at 4.17 a.m. Pacific Time. Venus is at 19 degrees, 43 minutes Aries, and Mars is at the same degree of Gemini. Please explain this to us,
1: April. Well, let's begin with the nature of the aspect, which is a sextile.
0: So there are opportunities, there's
1: information, and Venus and Mars are the two greatest symbols in astrology of affection and romance, chemistry between two people. And this Venus is in Aries, which we've been talking about Venus in Aries for the last couple of weeks, and it really is an interesting sign for Venus. It says we want what we want, and we want it right now. And Mars is still in Gemini, which is about going in a lot of different directions at once. So basically, Venus is what we want. Mars is how we'll go about getting it. The nice thing is that Aries and Gemini get along with each other. And then the sextile is also an aspect that really helps them coordinate and get it together. So it's nice, you know, in terms of relationships, there could be some good conversations, some nice breakthroughs this week in relationships. And when it comes to money, because Venus is also something that rules money. So we could say, oh, maybe there you get a little extra income from what you do for work, which would be Mars. So that's a possibility. Or an offer to do something that will make you more money. Just take a look at what offers or opportunities are coming your way in the next week. And this is a really good time to take advantage of them. The Sabian symbols for this combination are 20 degrees Aries for Venus, a young girl feeding birds in winter. We know this little girl well. We have talked about her many times. <laughs> yes. And then the Sabian symbol for Mars is 20 Gemini, a cafeteria. And what struck me about these two symbols together is they seem to be a little bit about self-sufficiency, being fed, which we see with the Venus degree versus helping ourselves, just feeding ourselves, which is the Mars degree and the cafeteria and an opportunity to just choose a little of this and a little of that. And we kind of like that. To me, it was a little bit too about allowing ourselves to accept help from other people. That's the young girl feeding birds in winter is trying to do a very nice thing for her little avian
0: friends. Because is your life represented by the little girl or by the birds in that scenario? One could ask. One could ask,
1: yes. Which are you going to be, the one that is feeding others, or are you going to let others help you? And it's nice to do both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have a hard time accepting help from others or nurturing, and especially Venus and Aries, which is very independent this just says there's an opportunity this week. And if somebody offers to do something for you, to be there for you in some way, go ahead and say yes and see how that feels. Because that is sort of how the dynamic of relationship works. It can't be one person always doing the giving and the other person doing the receiving. Any other thoughts about that, my
0: friend? With the cafeteria, I thought about the same dichotomy. Are you eating at the cafeteria or are you working there? Mm. And it could be either or. Or maybe you're the food. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. You're the bug,
1: yeah. (laughs) And it could be uh, you're the young girl or you're the birds or you're the thing being fed. I mean, we just don't know, do we? Yeah, yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of Mars, Mm -hmm. which we sort of are, Mars makes it squared in Neptune this week. That's on April 9th at 12.18 p.m. Pacific time at 21 degrees, 43 minutes of Gemini in Pisces. And you pointed out to Jen, that the
0: moon is also in a conjunction with Neptune at roughly that same time. Yes, at 7.03 a.m. Pacific time on that day. So could you piece all this together for us and break it down for us?
1: Well, I'll begin by noting that this is a cycle between Mars and Neptune that began with their conjunction on June 13th, 2020, so just last summer at 20 degrees 56 Pisces. And this is the opening square of that cycle. The opening square is when we are pushed to act. So whatever it was that you conceived of at that time, it could have had to do with work because it's Mars. It could have been with the idea of getting your work life more congruent with your spiritual life. So, in other words, having work that's meaningful to you or defending some spiritual concept that means a lot to you. That was the beginning of that cycle. So, this is the time to actually act on it. So, again, if you found yourself at that time struggling with work or struggling with feeling that your work didn't mean anything, This is the moment in the cycle, it's like, well, you know that there is something that you can do to improve the situation. And maybe you've been putting off doing it for whatever reason, or it has felt impossible. Right now, you really have to act. You have to take action and work to promote what your sense of spiritual truth is with Mars and Neptune. Or this can be a time when we're called to do work of a Neptunian nature. Which would be what? Social work, spiritual work, counseling work. Volunteering for a nonprofit that's really important to you, something like that, perhaps. Okay. Or to just move from the point of where you're just kind of having fun and hanging out, which is an Neptunian thing, to initiating a new spiritual
0: practice, perhaps, or
1: moving in a new spiritual direction.
0: Thoughts? I went back and looked at which episode it was when the cycle began. And if folks want to go back and listen to episode 29, Neptune washing over all and the U.S. Pluto return, that is the episode where we talked about Mars together with Neptune when this whole cycle started. That was
1: a pretty heavy
0: time, as I recall. Yeah. I think most folks know that I live in Minneapolis, which is where George Floyd died. And that was, of course, at the end of May last year the trial for the officer that killed him is starting this week. Right. In real time here, it's Monday, March 29th, and the trial's starting today mm-hmm. here in Minneapolis. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Can Mars-Neptune be around social justice, April, and standing up for equality? It's less about equality
1: and more about people who are part of a marginalized population. Often it was associated with that. Racial justice, yes, with Neptune, there seems to be a connection there. So it's not surprising that we see a connection between that time and this time showing up in the planetary symbols, because definitely Mars, you know, how we deal with violence and anger and
0: these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We will see what happens, and we will hold good thoughts.
1: Yes, we will. That is what we are doing.
0: Next up, we have Saturn trying the North Node of the Moon on April 9th at 7.57 p.m. Pacific Time. Saturn is in Aquarius at 12 degrees and one minute, so that's just past the 12 degree mark. And the North Node is in Gemini, as we've been talking about for about a year now.
1: Exactly. So what I like about this is that this is a moment when all of the intense hard work that one has been doing, or the self-discipline that we have been imposing on ourselves, puts us in a position to demonstrate our skills and to shine while doing something that we love. And really, I'm getting all of that, not only from the, the meaning of Saturn, which is the hard work and the discipline, the north node, which is something that you love, the direction you're moving in, but also the Sabian symbols for these points, The Sabian symbol for 13 Aquarius is a barometer, which we've talked about before. That's the pressure. And the Sabian symbol for 13 Gemini is a great musician at his piano. That just says that he didn't get to be a great musician without working very, very hard and being very disciplined about it. And there comes a moment in life when all of the hard work that we do, the self sacrifice, all of those things, meets up with an opportunity to do a thing that we truly love that we couldn't do if we hadn't had all that preparation, if we hadn't worked that hard. So for hardworking Saturn types like you and I, Jenna, this is a very positive sounding combination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Saturn's opposed my son, I guess. Oh, sure. This comes up. My son's at 13,
0: Leo. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just noticing that. Yes, Totally. I do have a couple of thoughts about these Sabian symbols. Please. A barometer is a tool of measurement. It measures something very precisely. And I took piano lessons for many, many years. When I see the Sabian symbol, a great musician at his piano, I think of how the hard work can be very precise. But what I thought about, actually, was how a great musician can also improvise. Mm -hmm. You can only improvise if you are really good at playing music. And so maybe there's an opening for improvisation this week with some hard work that you've been doing.
1: I love that you point that out because that really is the truth. And it's true in astrology, too. It's in anything you do, you have to learn the rules. And that supports you. That's your scaffolding. And then from there, you know where to push the rules and push the envelope and stretch yourself. Did I tell you what my teacher had said one time about practice? I'm not sure. Tell us all again. When we would have rehearsals, he would hold us to account to sing as well as if we were in performance. Because he said, if you don't do that, then you're rehearsing, doing it badly. Oh, So the whole point is to rehearse doing it well. Mm -hmm. So there was never any time to slack off and just goof off about it. Of course, he was a Capricorn. He was pretty serious about these things. But that has always stuck with me, that anytime you're doing anything, I mean, it really is worth doing it the right way, because then you're building those muscles. Right, right. Yeah. Good point. I like this combination. And the very next day, we have Mercury sextile Saturn and the North Node at 6.48 and 8.09 a.m. So again, this is the opportunity to build new skills, the opportunity being the sextile, the new skills being Mercury, and to make something lasting out of what it is that you know. If you're a person who likes to analyze things, and I think that we both with our Virgo planets do like to do that. I mean, this is (laughs) like making spreadsheets. It's keeping a log. It's saying, how long does it take me to do this and this and this? so that you can really use that information to support your efforts to get better and better at things and to move in the direction that the heart is seeking, which is the North Node in Gemini, being able to do lots of different things.
0: That's very good. And I will once again link episode 16, Let's Talk About Sextiles, because there are a number of sextile aspects this week.
1: We like our sextiles. We like to talk about sextiles.
0: Speaking of sextiles, Venus sextiles Jupiter that same day on April 10th at 1153 a.m. Pacific time. As we said before, Venus is in Aries. She's at 25 degrees in four minutes this time. Jupiter is at the same degree of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Tell us all about this, pal. Well, we'll begin with the Sabian symbols on this one. Okay. The Sabian
1: symbol for Venus at 26 Aries is a man possessed of more gifts than he can hold which already has that Jupiter feel to it, even without the sextile to Jupiter. Mm, That's nice. And the Sabian symbol for 26 Aquarius, Jupiter, is a hydrometer. Another tool of measurement. Another tool of measurement. So Venus, I think, does refer to our gifts, generally. Seeing it in sextile to Jupiter, we have a chance to add to an already overwhelming abundance of gifts with the Jupiter, and this could be getting a great opportunity that you can't say no to, even though you know you can't easily handle it. Hydrometers, like you say, they're measurement tools. and They measure the gravity of one substance that's suspended in another. When you're evaluating new opportunities that might come to you this week, the question is whether it's really substantial. The benefit would seem to come later on because Jupiter's an Aquarius. It's a question, I think, of gauging and deciding whether or not it's worth it in the present. Because sex tells is an opportunity. It's not a mandate. But every now and again, even though you're really, really busy and perhaps overwhelmed with a lot of things you're already doing, some opportunity comes up that just seems so juicy. It would be so hard to turn it down. But I think this says you can turn it down if you want. That's another one of the opportunities. If you feel that it's been hard to say no to certain things, you're taking on way too much then consider that as one of your alternatives this week.
0: I like that. Do you say that the benefit seems to come later on because Aquarius is future-oriented? Is that why you say that? Yeah. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. That is what I think there. Mm -hmm. And Venus is very, in Aries, anything in
1: Aries is kind of impulsive. So it will tend to say yes to things without really thinking it through. And it's easy to think, yes, in the long run, this would really benefit me. But right now, it's possibly going to kill me. (laughs) So (laughs) I think we just are balancing that out. And I wanted to point that out because so often with a sex style, we very rightly focus on the opportunities that are presented. But it's also the opportunity to make a choice, make a decision, and decide whether you're overwhelmed. That's what that hydrometer is about. Nice. Jen? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Do you have any idea what time it is?
0: (laughs) Is it Moonwatch? It's Moonwatch. Play it!
1: (laughs) Yes, it's time for Moonwatch, and this week brings an Aries new moon. On April 11th at 7.31 p.m. Pacific Time at 22 degrees and 24 minutes of Aries. On the Sabian symbol, a woman in pastel colors carrying a heavy and valuable but veiled load. Now, I also thought as part of this Moonwatch segment, it's fair to talk about Venus Square Pluto, which happens on the same day and just about an hour later at 8.20 p.m. So it really has a lot of
0: stature in this new moon chart. Pluto and Capricorn, of course. Hmm. So does this Venus Square Pluto in this new moon chart make it tense? I think it makes it driven.
1: The idea that I had was the new moon point being in a conjunction with Venus and all of them square Pluto. It's a very driven new moon. We're really obsessed with getting something that we want,
0: I think. Because Pluto is about obsession, Mm -hmm. Venus is about what we want. Is that right? Exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. Got it. And the new moon says we might not really have it nailed down in great detail what it is that we want, but we have a general sense of what we want to do. We know we really, really, really want to do this thing. And the new moon point is also sextile Mars and Jupiter, giving us big ambitions and a lot of energy. But I think with Pluto, we always have to be a little bit careful. And I always say, be sure that what you want and what you're going after is for the good of all. And if it is, ignore the naysayers. The motto that came to mind for me here was, be careful what you wish for, you just might get it with Pluto. And what will happen is sometimes we think we really want a thing, but we don't have a lot of perspective. And it ends up, we get it and we realize, yeah, that's exactly the wrong thing for me. That's not a good thing. So in all of your new moon rituals and intentions, be sure always, but especially at this new moon, to put in that caveat, if this is for the good of all, you know, this is the thing I want. I really want to do it. I want to pursue this if it is for the good of
0: all. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the new moon's Sabian symbols. The woman in the pastel colors. Pastel is a very soft approach, quiet tones, but she's clearly feeling weighed down with responsibilities. It's sort of a, a holdover from the Sabian symbol of the having too many gifts to hold that we saw with Venus and Jupiter it is about quiet determination. It's about knowing your value, but not necessarily displaying it for everyone to see. That's the valuable but veiled load that she's carrying. And maybe this is out of self-protection, and sometimes it's out of a lack of confidence. We can be our own worst enemy where Pluto is concerned, and that's why I kind of wanted to bring in that idea of if what you're doing is for the good of all, if what you want is for the good of all, then you have to really tune out those voices that try to bring you down and undermine your confidence, even if that voice is coming from you, (laughs) perhaps especially if that voice is coming from you. Anyway, those were
0: my thoughts about the new moon Sabian symbols. What did you think about them? I thought here again is a word of measurement, but it's not precise. Mm. It's a heavy veiled load. It's something out of sight. It's hidden, but it's vague. And so I like what you said about being careful what you wish for, kind of, because it does have that quality about it, doesn't it? Yeah, and a new
1: moon does anyway.
0: Oh, yeah. We always
1: emphasize that, that the new moon, yes, it's a fresh new start. It's a great time to plant your seeds, but you're in the dark, so don't fool yourself that you know the whole picture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as the cycle unfolds, we'll begin to see a little more clearly what it is that we're trying to get at. That's very good.
0: Oh, no, that's a good catch, though, about the many adjectives, heavy, valuable, failed. But isn't it interesting that we're talking about all these measurements this week? Hmm. What do you make of that? Well, I'm going to measure my words carefully here and say... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to make of it. I just think it's kind of curious that we have three different symbols here that are indicating something worth measuring. Mm Mm-hmm. And then what about Venus and Pluto? You
1: were talking before about those Sabian symbols. Tell us what they are, Jen, and what you were thinking about them.
0: Venus is on 27 Aries, a lost opportunity regained in the imagination. Pluto is on 27 Capricorn, a mountain pilgrimage. Here's what came to mind for me. Something being regained in the imagination makes me think of visualization exercises And taking a mountain pilgrimage makes me think of something that takes real training. Like you can't just hike up a mountain one day. You can't just decide I'm going to go hike up a mountain. (laughs) You know, you have to have some forethought and practice doing it before you can actually make your way up that mountain. So true. So maybe if you've been training for something or meditating on something this week, it could be a time when you're faced with obstacles to achieving it.
1: Oh, that is an interesting take on that. And that goes back to the the great musician at his piano. it does. If you have been training, if you've been doing the Saturn up to now, you're really kind of ready to press forward and make that mountain pilgrimage. I agree. You know, Pluto at that degree, it's a perilous pilgrimage. There is some risk there. there There's some danger and we have to want it very much to get there. So, yeah, it begins with the visualization, as you say. Mm-hmm. Venus square Pluto is pretty intense. Look for the houses of your birth chart where 22 and 26 degrees of Aries fall, because this is where you're hatching something new that's going to unfold over the next two and a half years. And the house that has 26 degrees, 44 minutes of Capricorn in it, that is where you have to ignore the self-doubts that could hold you back. And I think if we look at the house with Saturn in it, perhaps the 13 Aquarius, we can see where we have the state of our preparation. Have we done sufficient preparing for this journey?
0: It's a big new moon for sure. And if you don't know your birth chart, you can just think about these themes in your life and think about if anything clicks for you. It's interesting that Pluto's on this degree because Pluto will be turning retrograde here at 26 degrees and 48 minutes on April 27th. So Pluto's really moving slowly and is on this degree for a while, this mountain pilgrimage. And we've talked about it in the last week or two. This degree has come up and it's going to be like Neptune was last year on that degree.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yes, it's taken about as long as a mountain pilgrimage for sure. (laughs) So we have lots of time to cogitate on this one. Mm Mm-hmm. This new moon, as we know, initiates a new 28-day lunar cycle, but it also initiates a new lunar phase gestation cycle, which takes two and a half years to unfold. The first quarter of that cycle will be on January 9th, 2022. That is when you'll be called to action to do something about what you're initiating right now, the thing you so fervently want. You'll take action on it then. On October 9th, 2022, the full moon at 16 Aries is the revelation time in the cycle. When you begin to see the results of what you planted now, you begin to actually see the shoots coming up. Then, before the last quarter in that cycle, Pluto will enter Aquarius for the first time, March 23rd through June 11th of 2023. And that is when I saw a little bit of a liberation from self-doubt even though it's a little bit temporary because we were talking about in this chart because of the combination of Venus and Pluto that it was easy to undermine our own efforts and our own confidence. So I think that that'll be an interesting moment in this lunar cycle. And then the last quarter of this lunar phase family is on July 9th, 2023. That's when we have that little crisis of confidence and say, okay, we've come this far. Are we really committed to taking this to the finish line? So I'm really loving, and again, I I always want to give a shout out to our friend Celeste who pointed out to us about this lunar phase gestation cycle because it wasn't something I'd heard about, but it's so powerful and I love using it because it takes the lunar cycle and the intentions that we set in that lunar cycle to a deeper level. There's only so much you can accomplish in a 28-day cycle. Those are small fleeting things. But if we think of these new moons, each of them is starting a two and a half year cycle, then there's a
0: whole lot more that we could see in that amount of time. It is very powerful and impactful. I agree. Mm-hmm. Can you explain why you're pointing out Pluto's importance here? Is it because of the Venus Pluto square, or is it just because Pluto's changing signs and that will be extremely significant? I'm sure we'll still be podcasting at that time, pal. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Then.
1: <laughs> it's definitely both. It's that the new moon point is conjunct Venus. And they're all square Pluto. So that energy carries through for two and a half years, that energy of the Aries with the Pluto and Capricorn. And then Pluto going into Aquarius will be huge. I mean, it's always huge when Pluto changes signs. Yeah. It'll take it a couple of different times before it's finally in Aquarius for good. But that is when it makes its first landing there. Mm-hmm. And it's all we will be talking about. But it's also about the Pluto that's in this new moon chart in late Capricorn, symbolically, will respond to that moment of Pluto moving into a new sign. It's a moment of some kind of liberation in a Plutonian kind of way, which can be a little bit daunting. But yeah, that's why I was bringing that up. Pluto is pretty serious. Oh, uh, he's not messing around. He wants us to go deep. True. Well, my friend, at last, we come to the end of another daunting show sheet. Have we done it? We've done it. Hip, hip, hooray. It was possessed of more gifts than we could comfortably carry. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so many opportunities.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks to all of you for listening today to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. If you enjoy what you're hearing here, be sure to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, or leave us a rating or a review. And we hope you'll spread the word. Tell a friend about the show. You can read show notes and full transcripts and leave your comments
0: about each episode at our website, bigskyastropod.com. We're so grateful to everyone who showed support during our podathon last fall. Each week, we thank some of you by name. Who do we have this week, Pell?
1: This week, we are giving a Big Sky Astrology podcast shout out to Maria Rabello. Anita Price and our non-imaginary sponsor, Shelly Crow. Yay! <laughs> Maria, Anita, and Shelly, we appreciate you so much. We
0: thank you for listening to the podcast and especially for supporting us during our September pod Yes, thank you to all three of you. If you're a listener who didn't get a chance to support us during our potathon, you can always make a contribution at our website, bigskyastropod.com. If you donate $5 or more, we'll invite you to our special episodes for the equinoxes and solstices. And it's not too late to get a copy of our equinox episode that we just produced a couple of weeks ago. And our fun bingo card so you can
1: play along as you listen to our back episodes.
0: Thank you so much for never leaving out our bingo card. I really appreciate that. I
1: love the little bingo card. It's hilarious. I'm so happy with the bingo. <laughs> I know. It makes me laugh. So anyway, that's it for us this week. Join us again bright and early next Monday. And until then, keep your feet on the ground. And your
0: eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening. To learn more about April Elliot Kent, please check out her website, bigskyastrology.com, where you can sign up for her newsletter, read her thought-provoking weekly essays, purchase her books, sign up for a personal astrology reading, and more. That's all for today. If you like what you're listening to, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast and hit subscribe to stay current with new episodes. You can follow Big Sky Astrology on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Sky Astrology. Thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you next time.